it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here, back for episode 86 of the Grounds Crew podcast. It is Thursday morning, March 7th, and we are three weeks away from MLB opening day, and it can't come any soon. So we got some fun speculation for you guys today. We got some cool topics to talk about. Uh, Nothing crazy, you know, just spring training games going on. The big free agents have officially signed, so we're just kind of waiting for the season to get going, monitoring some injuries and whatnot, making sure everybody's good to go, all that, who's winning the position battles, that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, we got some behind the brand, uh, got some cool content for you guys to check out. We just posted our Arizona recap video of all the spring training stuff, all the cool stuff that we did. So you chased our no, Matt Davidson, baseballologist, uh, our boy Kyle, of course, and then you got Hunter Green, Trevor Bauer, those guys. So we did a lot of cool stuff while we were out there. So. Make sure to check that out. That's on the Instagram, and it's also on the Baseball Lifestyle YouTube channel. And then we got another cool thing for you guys. If you guys like watching videos, all that kind of stuff, vlog type stuff, I know those are popular. We have our behind-the-scenes video for this past week. You know, stuff around the office, kind of like what we're talking about right now. Uh, how we go about the business and everything like that. So make sure to check that out. That's up on the Instagram. It's a short video, but it's cool. It's cool. You know, you get to see Josh talk about what the plan is, where he wants to take the brand, what the plan of attack is for the week, or stuff like that. What needs to get done, blah, 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 that stuff. So it's cool. If you want to see what goes on behind the scenes of baseball lifestyle, what is part of the day-to-day in the office, give it a look. It's shot by my man, Josh Gerson, and he did some pretty cool camera work. He's new at it, did a nice job, real nice job. So, now we got news from the show, alright? And this is kind of the speculation that's been going all in all week, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Bryce Harper has announced that he plans on recruiting Mike Trout to the Phillies. He said, if you don't think I'm going to call Mike Trout to come to Philly in 2020, you're crazy. And so, you know, of course, the major sports news companies like ESPN and Bleacher Report and all that have been losing their minds over what could be if Mike Trout decides to join the Philadelphia Phillies in 2020. And, you know, it's kind of been fun. You know, It's good for baseball a little bit. It draws attention. You know, baseball isn't often in the news like sports like basketball and football are. And so the speculation is kind of good. If it's in the news and get drawn some attention to baseball, then why not? You know, give it some news, uh, some TV time. I mean, look at what's going on in the NBA. Anthony Davis requested a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans during Super Bowl week. And that took the sports world by storm and took all the attention away from the Super Bowl. Everybody was looking around, like, who's going to trade for Anthony Davis? Is he going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, blah, blah, blah. And now all the speculation that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to go to the Knicks or going to go team up somewhere. Nobody has publicly said anything, but everybody is enjoying the speculation. Like, what's going to happen in the 2019 free agency class? What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. This is all, like, 
organic, nobody, there's just rumors and everything. So it's been fun. You know, basketball gets a ton of attention because of this. People are always talking about it. I know my friends are always speculating, oh, these guys are going to come to the Knicks. We're actually going to be good. No, probably not. But it gets people talking. And that's kind of what's going on with Mike Trout and Bryce Harper right now. It gets people talking about baseball, which is good. Now, there is some reason to believe Mike Trout would want to go to the Phillies. I mean, he kind of grew up near Philadelphia. He grew up in a part of New Jersey. I guess it's close to Pennsylvania. Uh, he grew up a lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan and the Philadelphia Eagles fans. You know, he often takes the time to go fly out to Philadelphia and catch an Eagles game. He goes to almost all the playoff games. I think he was at the Super Bowl when they were in the Super Bowl. And he actually went to the Philadelphia Phillies World Series victory parade back in 2008 as a 17-year-old. So he was a big fan of the team, followed them basically his entire time growing up. And it's for that reason that Bryce Harper said he had been in contact with Mike Trout the entire free agency process. You know, when he was weighing his options, trying to decide if he wanted to go to the Philadelphia Phillies, he was texting Mike Trout back and uh, back and forth. He wanted to get a better idea of what he could expect from the city of Philadelphia, and who's better to say than somebody who had been following the team for his entire life. You know, kind of get someone's understanding, uh, a different point of view. One of the perspectives of someone who grew up following and paying attention to what was going on with that organization, how they handled their players and things like that. The, the culture around that team, the fandom, how they appreciate baseball in that town, stuff like that. He said they actually have been keeping in touch since playing together in the Arizona Fall League and way back in 2011 when they were both the top prospects in baseball. Now, Harper is making roughly $26 million per season on his new deal. Now, that's obviously a lot. I mean, $26 million is way above the league average of what guys get paid per season. But with the deal being 13 years instead of, say, 10, it kind of spreads the money out a little bit. So they'll be paying him $26 million a year as opposed to maybe like $33 million a year. So that's a pretty big difference. I mean, it gives them some flexibility to continue to build around Harper. And, you know, maybe one of the guys they choose to build around him with is Mike Trout in a couple of years. The two-time MVP will become a free agent in 2020. He'll be 29 at the time. So not quite as young as Harper and Machado were when they just hit the free agency market. So he probably won't get a contract quite as long as them. Not as much distance because he'll be like in the middle of his prime instead of getting right into it. But obviously we're talking about the best player in baseball. I mean, this guy is just built different than normal human beings. So... I don't know if he'll really slow down at that point. I mean, 29, you're still in your prime, but I just don't think he'll get a contract as long. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But he'll still get a ton of money. And so the Phillies have some room to give him that money. And, I mean, think about who we're talking about here. This is a 5 tool player, the best player in baseball. There's no argument about it. He has 23 more wins above replacement than any other hitter since 2011. He can just do it all on the ball field. I mean... He could steal 30 bases. He can hit 40 home runs. He could bat 320. He could get on base. He doesn't strike out too much. There's not really any flaw to his game. I mean, he's a great fielder. One of the best center fielders fielding-wise in all of baseball, if not the best. So think about what it does for a team like the Phillies. I mean, in baseball, it's not like basketball where you get two superstars and you're going to take the league by storm. It's not like that, you know. 
baseball, you need to have a complete team. You can't just have two superstar hitters and no pitching. Whereas in basketball, you could have two superstars and it really just takes control of the whole team. I mean, it takes the whole team to another level because those guys are playing most of the game. I mean, there's only five people on your side of the court at each time. In baseball, you have nine guys on the field, and it's just different, you know? Guys are coming into the game. It's, it's not the same. So, obviously, they need to retain all the pieces that they have and possibly add on to the starting uh, pitching rotation. But it's cool to speculate because, you know, with the team that they have now, if you think that they add Mike Trout to what they have right now, they are already a playoff contender. Maybe a deep can make a deep run in the uh, playoffs with what they have. But with Mike Trout, everything changes. I mean, you add Mike Trout to a lineup that's already pretty dangerous. It's who a hitter's park. I mean, Bryce Harper might hit 40, 50 home runs in this park. Mike Trout would go ballistic in this park. And obviously, if you're going to get Mike Trout, you're not just going to stop there. Like, you have Mike Trout, you have Bryce Harper. They're going to go out and get other pieces. They're going to make sure they're a realistic World Series contender. I mean, that rotation would be addressed. I mean, they already have Aaron Ola at the top, locked down for quite a while. But they would fill out the rest of the rotation fine. And they would definitely be a World Series contender. I mean, I don't think they would just stop there. You know, Mike Trout is somebody that you build around unless you're the Los Angeles Angels, and then you just waste his prime years. But, you know, and that's why there is reason to believe he would leave. He signed an extension with them, so he clearly likes it a little bit. But he comes over to the East Coast a lot, back home. So maybe he doesn't want to take the cross-country trip. And, you know, they haven't been really been relevant the past couple of years. I mean, they haven't been making actual playoff pushes. Uh, I don't think they've finished above 500 the past three years. They've never even won a playoff game with Mike Trout. So, we'll see. Got two full seasons before we're actually talking about what's going to happen. You know, maybe he signs an extension during that time and puts it all, puts a kibosh on it. So, don't get me wrong, though. It's been fun. You know, I think, like I said, it's good for baseball that everybody's talking about it. But while it may be fun to us, I don't think that all Los Angeles Angels are particularly uh, thrilled with Bryce's comments. They actually contacted the MLB in regards to tampering. The Angels GM, when con- uh, questioned about it, said, we've been in touch with MLB, and we have no further comment at this time. And You know, tampering is basically the recruiting of players. Recruiting players who are under contract, uh, even hypothetically, that can result from punishment from the MLB. Most likely, it would just be a fine, which I'm sure... Nobody's really concerned about that, and, like, Price is making $330 million. $50,000 fine isn't something he's going to be really concerned about. All it really is is a slap on the wrist. Can't recruit guys who are under contract with another team and have their own stuff going on. And a few notable cases of this, uh, of when the issue of tampering was raised, one of them was last season when Aaron Judge was talking about the Yankees trying to get uh, Manny Machado. And in 2016, when David Ortiz was talking about how he hoped Jose Fernandez and Edwin Encarnacion would join the Red Sox. David Ortiz got a fine. Aaron Judge, he didn't get anything, I don't think. No kind of punishment. It's just, like I said, not publicly recruiting players. It's dumb, but 
It's the rules. Okay, so, obviously we have spring training games going on right now. We're in the middle of uh, all the exhibition games, stuff like that. Now, Yankees ace Luis Severino was slated to get his first start of spring training the other day. Now, he was going through his pregame warm-ups and didn't feel like something was right in his shoulder. And so he came out, didn't even make the start. Uh, Steven Tarpley came out and pitched for him. But he went in for an MRI, and that revealed rotator cuff inflammation, which kind of sounds scary. You know, the rotator cuff is a big part of pitchers. We've seen people have to get surgery on that. Pedro Martinez is a big case of that, big, most notable. And now he's being shut down for two weeks after being scratched from the start. Now, Aaron Boone remains optimistic. He said that the MRI, it looked pretty good. Didn't look like anything too serious. So he's going to be treated with anti-inflammatories, and he's going to resume a throwing program in two weeks. Hopefully it doesn't turn into something more where it's uh, recurring throughout the season or he's going to miss an extended amount of time, but he's going to miss these two weeks, likely not be ready for opening day, which he was going to start. And so the Yankees are going to have to find somebody else, probably go with James Paxton or Masahiro Tanaka, somebody who's been with the franchise for a couple of years. But they're going to have to address his spot in rotation for a couple of days, a couple of weeks maybe, who knows. The Yankees rotation has some depth, but it hurts to lose your anchor. You know, this is somebody who was set to open your season with the Rock. You know, he was going to get out there on the bump and throw the first pitch of your season, open it up, trying to start this World Series chase. So it definitely sucks. Now, Brian Cashman has said that the team will likely address the situation in-house, going with the options they do have instead of going out and signing one of the pitchers that are on the market still. And that probably means Luis Sessa... Domingo Herman, Jonathan Loisiga, Chance Adams, one of those guys will come up for a little while, see what they could do. They're probably going to be auditioning for the remainder of spring training for who gets that last spot in the rotation for a couple days. All of them have had stints in the big leagues before. You know, Domingo Herman, he kind of came up to the big leagues and started off really well and then was pretty horrible for a while. Luis Sessa has been up and down between the majors and the minors. And Chance Adams, he was a former top prospect for the Yankees. Had a really bad 2018 season. Uh, came up for a short stint in big leagues. I remember he got his first start against the Red Sox, and it didn't go too great. But it's more of just a short-term thing. I'm sure if Luis Severino misses an extended amount of time, they would go out and address it with somebody else. And there are some options on the market. I mean, Gio Gonzalez is still out there, and that's the guy that's come most been linked to the Yankees the most since this has happened. Obviously, Dallas Keuchel is still out there, but he's going to want a multi-year contract, probably a little bit more money, and I don't think that's really an option for the Yankees, unfortunately. I would love to see them go out and get a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who still has some juice. I mean, he's a former Cy Young winner. Uh, Last season wasn't quite what we're used to seeing from him, but definitely still a top-of-the-rotation pitcher to a middle-of-the-rotation pitcher, and he's still out there. I mean, he's been linked to the Astros and the Phillies, so we'll see. Hopefully he gets a deal soon, but I don't think he's an option for the Yankees. And obviously Aaron Boone has that bullpen that we've talked so much about, that loaded bullpen. So the rotation won't be relied on too heavily. Obviously they're going to have to give him some innings because you don't want to overwork the bullpen. But if every fifth day the uh, starting pitcher goes a little bit shorter than normal and the bullpen comes in and picks up the slack, It's not a big deal. It kind of takes a load off that guy. 
you know, you got Chance Adams who could go multiple innings. You got a few guys, Zach Burton. A lot of flexibility with that bullpen. And if it means anything, Luis Severino himself said that it's nothing bad. Obviously, we can only take the we could take the players' comments on it with a grain of salt because they like to make it out to be something that it's not too bad. But it's good to hear that the pain isn't too bad. It's just a small thing. So we'll see. We'll be monitoring that. Next up, we got a former Yankees pitcher who had some words for his team. And that is Sonny Gray, who was traded to the Cincinnati Reds this offseason after it didn't really work out with the Yankees. He said that the Yankees made him throw a shitty slider and that it kind of hurt his career. He said that they love sliders. Sliders are a great pitch. The numbers say slider is a good pitch, but you might not realize how many shitty counts you're getting in while throwing all these sliders. They wanted me to beat Tanaka, and I'm way different from him. He went on to talk about how his slider is more of a strikeout pitch, not a pitch that he's using to work into account, try and chip away at a batter. It's a pitch that he wants to throw in the dirt when there's two strikes and get that guy to chase and swing and miss. Tanaka is, is a useful pitch that the catcher catches, what he said. You know, he could throw it with a couple balls on you, or he could throw it with one strike, and it's not going to be a waste of a pitch. Sonny Gray wasn't really happy because the increased sliders were putting him in bad spots. Uh, a 2-0 slider turns into a shitty slider in the zone. That's his words, not mine. Or yanking one in the dirt and it's 3-0. You know, that pitch is either going to get put into the seats or it's going to put him in a 3-0 count and he's likely going to walk the batter because it's in a tough spot. You know, there's only so much you could do at that point. And there are some stats to back this up. According to Brooks Baseball, he was throwing sliders around 11% of the time in 2016, his last full season with the Oakland Athletics. And then when he came to the Yankees for half of 2017 and all of 2018, that slider rate was hovering around 15%, 16%. So definitely an increased amount of sliders. I don't know if it's a drastic amount. It's a few more sliders a game. But it's definitely more. And Gray also believed that it affected his curveball. So he was throwing his curve a little bit less and throwing the slider more. And he believes that that negatively affected his curveball because it made it weaker, it lost its shape, and it kind of turned into a meatball pitch and not really effective. There were definitely some hostility behind his comments. I mean, I think he's happy to be out of New York, and I think New York is happy to be rid of him because these comments just made it clear that it was a match that wasn't meant to be. You know, Sonny Gray, he's playing his entire career in Oakland. I think he's from Tennessee. He's not, he just never seemed like he was meant to be playing in the bright lights of New York. And, you know, now he has another opportunity in Cincinnati to try and regain that all-star form. He was in the mix for the Cy Young a few years ago. So this guy definitely has talent. And I think he is in a better spot with Cincinnati. So all the best to him. We'll see if it works out over there. Now, last but not least, we have some interesting changes that may be coming in 2020. The MLB and the MLBPA are close to a deal that would change the way that we do certain things. Now, the first of which is expanding the rosters to 26 players instead of 25. You know, it would be a maximum of 13 pitchers, so 13 pitchers, 13 position players. And I think it's a great change. You know, It reduces the workload that we put on these players because... You know, this is a 162-game marathon. It's a very long season, and we count on these guys to play a majority of it. That's every day, in and out. 
And it could definitely reduce the amount of injuries that come from that grind. It allows everyday players more opportunities to rest. You know, the players don't have to push themselves as hard. So it's definitely a good move for the players. It seems like a minor change, but I think it's a win for the players. And I think it'll be better for the quality of product that we see on the field. And that extra roster spot, it may open up more opportunities for these guys that are sitting on the free agency market for longer amounts of times that we've been seeing in these past couple of off seasons. So there's definitely some positives from this that come from this. The next big change would be an All-Star Game Election Day. The MLB is looking to freshen up the All-Star Game. In this scenario, the normal All-Star online All-Star voting would be held. So you could go up and look at the ballot and vote for whoever, whoever you want to vote for, for whatever, 30, man, 30 times, whatever it is. And then the top three vote-getters at each position would be added to a second ballot. Starters would then be determined by who receives the most votes on a single election day. So there's going to be a ballot, there's going to be three players at each position, and on one day for 24 hours, you could go vote for these guys out of the three for at each position, and whoever wins is going to be the starters. It makes the voting a lot more interesting. You know, huge voting leads don't matter as much, so obviously with Mike Trout, he'll have a million more votes than the other outfielders. That doesn't matter going into this election day. Everybody starts on a clean slate. There's three guys and at each position, and whoever gets the most support from that one particular day is going to be the all-star starter. It definitely raises some issues. You know, a fan favorite who is receiving the most votes, that fan base can go and just attack the ballots that day and bring in one player. But if everybody's paying attention and votes who, for who they think should be an all-star starter, I think it could be fun. I think it's a really cool move. It's something different. And it's definitely a move that would freshen up the game like they're trying to do. Now, the last thing that the MLB is trying to do with this new deal is offer up more prize money for the home run derby. The thinking here is that it will entice bigger name players to participate in the home run derby. And so that they could get more star power in the game. I mean, aside from Bryce Harper last year, we didn't see the biggest names in baseball participate in the home run derby. No Aaron Judge, no John Carlos Stanton, no Mike Trout, no Francisco Lindor. So all, most of the home run leaders from last year didn't really participate in the home run derby. Mike Trout has never participated in a home run derby. And instead we get guys like Max Muncy and Jesus Aguilar. And there's definitely no disrespect to those guys. They're great players. They deserve the appearance and everything. They had a great seasons, But they just don't carry the same weight. It, with their names as guys like Aaron Judge and John Carlos Dan and Mike Drought, those kind of guys. Those are who the fans really want to see. So, who knows? Maybe it incentivizes the players a little bit more. I know everybody's still worried about getting hurt in the home run derby. Aaron Judge said he kind of felt something wrong after participating in 2017. So we'll see. I definitely think it's a smart move by the uh, MLB. But will it actually do anything? I don't know. Now, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you again for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the rest of your week and your weekend, and we'll see you next week. And that right there was the Grounds Crew, brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.